Hey, this is uh, Will Fortasio. Hi, this is Brian Ezrelli. This is Freddie Williams. Hi, this is Lee Bermeo. Hi, this is Matt Wagner. Hey, this is Tim Sale. Hi, this is Ned Yodifolidis. And Christina Weir. Hey, this is Ethan Van Skybro. Hey, I'm Duffy Wynn. Hi, this is Kevin Van Hook, and you're listening to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, episode number 48. I'm your host, Dustin, and today we have with us... You got Josh. And this is Donovan. And we are bringing you the latest comic news and comic book reviews from the past four weeks. That's right, I said it, four weeks. Uh, we last had a podcast right before Comic-Con, the week before, and there was a ton of news that came out the week before Comic-Con, and then we have stuff from Comic-Con and then Fallout from Comic-Con. Uh, this episode was delayed originally because of the Batman Universe podcast taking priority, but for some reason that got delayed and pushed this one back as well. So we have a total of 17 different comics that we're going to be covering. We're going to try to keep our summaries to a brief minimum, what the, what the main idea of the issue is going to be. So we do have a ton of news to go over, so let's start off with that. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Alright, so the very first thing we've got is on July 12th, uh, the Harvey Award nominations were announced, and there was a couple different people that were nominated for awards that are Batman-based. Specifically, Best Artist, uh, Frank Quietly was nominated for Batman Robin, and J.H. Williams III was nominated for Detective Comics. Both Quietly and Williams were nominated for Best Cover Artist as well. And Batman and Robin was actually nominated for Best New Series of the Year. These awards will be announced at the end of August at the Baltimore Comic Con. So we can look forward to seeing who wins those awards. I'm surprised that uh, Detective Comics um, got the nomination for two of the three categories mentioned and not the third one. Would have thought that Best Series would have been there too. Alright, so the next thing we've got, now we get into some really interesting news and pretty big news, considering... So also on July 12th, The Source announced that the month of October will bring a number of one-shots focusing on the characters in the Batman universe as Bruce Wayne returns. What will happen to the status quo of the Batman universe once Bruce returns? Well, Mike Martz shared this little tidbit. Bruce Wayne's journey back home has begun a long and dangerous road. Before he can assume the mantle of the bat again, he must first figure out how things have changed in the world around him, how relationships have changed, and how those changes will affect his decisions moving forward as the protector of Gotham City. A number of creators are attached to write these eight one-shots. Some of them include Adam Beechin, Fabian Nassiza, Mike Barr, Pierre Perez, Ramon Box, Mark Andreco, Cliff Richards, and Brian Q. Miller. The eight issues will feature a Gotham City Underground-like cover system where they will be they will feature a connecting collage of covers. This sounds just like Battle for the Cow. The whole <laughs> yeah. like bridging thing between R.I.P. and Batman Reborn that wasn't really necessary, but they dragged it out with all the crossovers that they could. Mm -hmm. I mean, something tells me that this is just going to be unnecessary. Like, Bruce stopping by, like, the different titles. Like, Brian Q. Miller, when his one will have him stopping by, being like, Oh, hi, Stephanie, I see that you're Batgirl now. Oh, my, how things are different. Well, let's go see what's going on with Tim and Fabian the Sizes one-shots. Oh, yeah, so now you own Wayne Enterprises. That's cool. Oh, well, going to drop by the next book. Adam Beechin's writing one. Oh, my God. <laughs> that better not be how they bring Cassandra back. Oh, no. Please, God, no. Well, the eight that they announced, the eight different ones that were announced, there's a Batman and Robin one, there is a Oracle one, Outsiders, Red Robin, Batgirl, there's a Commissioner Gordon, and there's a Ra's al Ghul and a Catwoman. So, I can see where every single one of those will be exactly what you just described about how, you know, it'll be just like him dropping by each book. With Batman and Robin being Dick and Damien, with Red Robin being Tim, and uh, Stephanie would be in Batgirl, Oracle, well, that'd be like Birds of Prey, um, Outsiders, obviously, clearly Outsiders, Commissioner Gordon, which I'm assuming is supposed to follow this Streets of Gotham-like type thing, 
since it's supposed to be focusing more on the supporting characters. Uh, the one that's interesting is Catwoman, we get from Gotham City Sirens, and then we get Ra's al Ghul, which doesn't play into really anything. When he stops by the Outsiders, he better tell them how disappointed he is in them. I hope so. I, 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 I would assume Mike Barr will be writing that issue. I don't know. I, like, a lot of these... I can understand, obviously, Batman and Robin, obviously. Red Robin, obviously. Even, like, the Outsiders, I can kind of roll behind. But, like, like Raj, Rachel Ghoul, Catwoman... It better be about their reactions to him coming back and not about, like, some kind of separate adventure where Bruce is, like, kind of shoehorned in just to tie in that he's coming back. I can just picture it right now. The story will be some kind of like side off adventure. There'll be like two or three pages of the like attention brought to Bruce Wayne, and then it'll, like at the at the end of the issue, it'll be like, whoa, Bruce Wayne's back now. But like, the whole thing would have been pointless. So this better. I, I really want this to be good, but I don't like the way they've done mini series now or one shots. I do not have it in my hopes up. Also on July twelfth, the source announced that the Knight and Squire will be getting their own six issue mini series. It will be helmed by Paul Cornell, and the art will be hand handled by Jimmy Braxton, the, with the covers by Yannick Paquette. Cornell had this to say about the book. I'm delighted to be working in DC Britain. Grant always said that he added something to the Knight and Squire's world with every appearance. We'll be taking that policy and the amount of over-the-top, weird and wonderful, zany, surreal Britishness and dialing them up to 11. If you've wanted to see a milkman fighting a dinosaur in a suit in a pub, then this is the comic for you. So uh, this is not the comic for me. All right. So, so this wasn't announced as far as when it would be uh, starting when they had first announced it, but at this point we know that the first issue of Night Square will be coming out in October. So moving to the next one, July 13th, the source made an announcement that David Finch will be on a new Batman series starting in November. Not only will he be doing the art for the book, but he'll also be writing the series. The name of the series is Batman the Dark Knight. Also announced that in October, Finch will be on a one-shot featuring his pencils and written by Grant Morrison. The name of that book is Batman the Return. Finch made a number of comments about it, you know, preparing to write and, you know, pulled double duty on these books. He did an interview with both comic book resources and Newsarama. And we highlighted some of these uh, points that he made. So I will read for Comic Resources and Newsarama, and Donovan will read for David Finch. With this title launching after the finale of Grant Morrison's The Return of Bruce Wayne, we're talking Bruce Wayne here, right? And not Dick Grayson? Yes, it's in continuity. Grant has a very broad vision of, with what he's doing, so I did what I could to find a way to pocket what I'm doing here and accent what he's doing and work along with it. But I'm also taking, of course, my own course for where I want to go with it. Grant's been working on this monster Batman epic for more than four years. Will you be looking to do a similar story in terms of length and reach, or will you be telling shorter stories and done in one in Batman's Dark Knight? I won't be doing done-in-ones, but I will definitely be doing more intimate, smaller-scale stories. I'm really not interested in doing, and I don't know that I would have the ability to do universe-spanning, globally-driven stories. That's really Grant's department. He's the one driving the entire Batverse. I'm really trying to work with the other titles. I'm already taking some of the other writers so we can cross-pollinate a little bit and make all of a part of the same story. But I'm trying to keep it fairly contained. What can you tell us about the story and what makes it unique? The first story is about a beautiful society woman who has gone missing. Bruce has known her his whole life, but they haven't been very close for a long time. His search takes him to very dark places. This will be a Batman detective story first and foremost. If I could be so bold as to draw a comparison, I would want to associate it with Neil Adams and Daniel Neal's work from the early 70s. It's a street-level book, very hands-on, down and dirty. That's just more my style. But Dark Knight will take... Batman in a bit of a darker direction. He's going to be dealing with mysticism, dark arts, and demonology. All things that are well outside his comfort zone. The challenge for Batman will be to pit his brains and grim determination against forces that defy logic and fear. But he's a fast learner and he'll have help. What characters are going to be involved? The demon plays an, an ongoing part in the book. Jason Blood is very helpful to Batman when it comes to understanding his enemy. But Jason has his own allegiances to worry about. Helping Batman puts him at direct odds with his masters. Alfred, Gordon, and the usual cast are heavily featured, along with characters from other Batman titles. 
I'm really hoping to see the Birds of Prey make an appearance. This book is currently is in curtain continuity, so it will deal with all the issues of ongoing in the Bat universe as a whole. All right. So I mean, I gotta say it does sound interesting, despite the fact that it'll be another book that we'll have to add to the list. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the way he was describing it sounds exciting, except that when we go over the issues like we're going over today, I mean, that's kind of like what's going on in Confidential a little bit. Making a Batman detective story with stuff he's never dealt before, but has all this—it's sort of like they're throwing everything in there that you would want to see in a Batman story all in one. It's not really unique or differentiated from other Batman comics, unless you want to like—I don't know—throw them in the middle of the ocean and have Aquaman with it or something. But it sounds really not in a book stuff. called Dark Knight because Dark Knight is supposed to be realistic. We're doing that again, aren't we? <laughs> Well, with their defense, I mean, Mr. Mr. Gritty Drawing Guy, I'm not excited for it, but it doesn't sound horrible, so it's it's another kind of, like, wait-and-see thing. Who knows? I don't know. I'm kind of lukewarm, too, this, from what I've heard. All right, so the next thing we've got is also on July 13th, Uzurama talked with Paul Cornell about the announcement of the Night and Square miniseries. So I will read for Uzurama, and Josh will read for Paul Cornell. Is there an origin story in this miniseries, or do you kind of hit the ground running? We just jump right in. There's some stuff about their origin in issue four, but not a lot. We're really just talking about the Knight's Castle. Their origins have been alluded to quite strongly in the past, so we just really wanted to go forward. Does this tie in with anything going on with Batman? No, we are in a world of our own. Are the six issues of the miniseries building toward a big ending, or do the issues work independently? It's actually six one-issue stories that all build to something when put together, so you can pick up one and have a completed experience. The first issue is about the pub, where all the British superheroes and supervillains meet the first Thursday of every month, and how that works, and what the <laughs> legacy of that pub is, and who these vast numbers of new characters are and how they interact. And we go from there, really. One of the most interesting characters, I think, is the British Joker. Back in the day, there was some sort of rubbish cover versions of American superheroes and supervillains in Britain. And he's an elderly British chap who tried to be the Joker in his youth, and has sort of kept it going, but doesn't really have the heart to hurt anyone. The second issue is about the Morris Men, who are a pack of very British folk dance... <laughs> what? <laughs> A pack of very British folk-dancing, fighting, drinking ninjas. <laughs> awesome. Am I being... Am I being punked? Is this like a fake news story? <laughs> the third issue is about a diabolical plan to bring back some of the worst kings and queens of Britain through cloning. See what these stories are like. If you like the idea of a milkman fighting a dinosaur dressed in a suit, then this title is for you. It's packed with this sort of stuff. Well, back the truck up. Okay, so... <laughs> what? You know, I gotta heck? say, I'm actually looking forward to this series, despite how crazy it sounds, just because it will introduce a bunch of characters that either, one, we've never seen before, or two, we have seen in the past, but have very minor roles. So I, I, I think it'll be interesting. <sighs> okay. There's a plan to clone the worst kings and queens of Britain... Milkman fighting dinosaurs dressed in suits. British folk dancing fighting drinking ninjas. And there's a pub where all the heroes and like to meet on the first Thursday of every month. And there's a British joker, but he really doesn't want to hurt anyone. E e each sentence, as I'm reading it, it's like more and more like, you you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I mean, first of all, the very idea of Knight and Squire getting their own series, that's ridiculous enough as it is. But <laughs> it's like they're not even trying to make this thing legitimate. Alright, so the next thing we've got is July 14th, the source announced that a brand new writer will be taking over Detective Comics starting in November. His name is Scott Snyder. You may have heard about Snyder's successful series for Vertigo called American Vampire. In addition to the news of Snyder writing for Detective Comics, DC also announced that Snyder was now an exclusive writer for DC. So we can look forward to Snyder being on Detective Comics. Speaking of which, he did an interview with Newsrama and Comic Book Resources, and 
we're not going to cover it, but he does lay out a bunch of uh, interesting things about his plans for detective comics that sound pretty interesting. Specifically, he says that the backup will have Commissioner Gordon in it and focus strongly on him. But on top of that, he also says that he's going to be introducing some new villains that are a little bit less psychotic as like the Joker and some of the other villains that Batman has. Okay, so the next thing we've got is on July 14th, it was announced by the source that uh, the Teen Titans will have a new artist. Nicola Scott will be the artist on Teen Titans starting in October. Now, you might be asking yourself, why exactly are we talking about Teen Titans? Well, the very first cover for the first issue for Nicola Scott working with J.T. Krull has... Damien on the cover and there's mm-hmm. a possibility that Robin could be going into the Teen Titans. Despite the fact that he's not a teenager. Well, I think that they've said they've had non-teenagers in the past before. Like wasn't that Danny Chase kid like 12 or something? He may have been yeah. 13, I don't know, but I for I think that they've said in the past that Damien's not joining the Titans. This might just be like one of those like guest spot issues where at the end he's like, "Oh, I'm too good for you, chumps." Or maybe, like, they all kick his butt because they don't want to hold back on him. Like, Beast Boy turns into an elephant and steps on him, puts him mm-hmm. in the hospital. That, that would be really awesome. Like, I'm tired of, like, someone said in an interview, one of the DC editors was like, no, Damien can't be in the Teen Titans, he'd hurt them, he'd hurt them bad. Like, okay, I know he's, like, this martial artist 10-year-old, but seriously... Wonder Girl's Park God, you got Superboy there, who can, like, burn him with his heat vision. Like, really? Damien's gonna hurt them? He's he, he's not this, like, invincible person. Yeah, agreed. I mean, he's... I mean, he's kind of like a the Bushido character who can kind of like, take people out lethally, but he's not like... It's not like the Titans are, are, are screaming for that type of fighter on their team, and when you have Superboy on your team, any bat character, unless it's Tim Drake, because since they have a certain relationship... It's kind of a non-entity, so... I don't mind Damien being on the Teen Titans for, like, the novelty of it. In a way, because I, I like his personality more than anything else, but I really don't think that he needs to, like, be a charter member of the Teen Titans, because that's just ludicrous. It wouldn't even fit with this character, because he would, like, not want to hang out with friends of Tim Drake anyway, or Dick Grayson, so... It, I could yeah. see, like, Dick or Bruce putting him in to, like, teach him humility or something, like, forcing him to be there to, like, learn teamwork. I guess that would, that would work. That would, that would be the only way I think it would work. Otherwise, if, I don't know, they say, hey, welcome to the team, Damien, and at the end of the issue, you see the title from the beginning of the issue, and everybody's smiling and shaking hands, then it'll just be dumb. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it could be interesting. I don't particularly read Teen Titans. I think Damien interacting with other heroes within the DC Universe could be an interesting fact, considering... Who has Damien really interacted with except for the people in the League of Assassins and the Bat Universe as of what we've seen so far? This just kind of smells like gimmick. I mean, Teen Titans has been struggling. I read Teen Titans and uh, <laughs> it's not been It hasn't very... been good in a while. No, it's not. I, it's... I, I finally dropped it. I gave it a chance after Robin left. You know, the Tim Drake version of Robin. But... I'm a Static fan, so that's why I've kind of been reading it. But ever since... It was announced that Static is own ongoing, then I'll probably drop Teen Titans if he leaves that. In the past few years, they've pulled the whole, like, thing, oh no, somebody infiltrates the tower and, like, captures the team, and it's a group of evil counterparts of the Titans. That's been pulled, like, six or seven times in the past <laughs> few years. I swear. Well, it always seems to work. The... Yeah, because it's, it's the only plot that you can do now. Judas Contract, part five. Yeah, it was original and awesome back then. Then they ran it into the ground. <laughs> Alright, so the next thing we've got is from July 14th. The source announced that Tony Daniel will be coming back to Batman. Not only will he be continuing his art duties that he is manning for Grant Morrison's Batman 701 and 702, but he will also be joining the writer's hat once again. Daniel had this to say, I'm thrilled and honored to be tapped for further writing duties on the world's most iconic superhero, Batman. I look forward to telling exciting tales with the Cape Crusader and exploring old and new characters alike. I will continue to put my best foot forward on each and every page. You know, I do have to say this. With all these artists that are going to be writing books, every artist that has become a writer on a book 
we see their art start to not be so good and then on top of that then we see them stop being the artists and they have these fill-in artists that take place for instance tony daniel had gilliam march come in for the last couple issues because he couldn't keep up with it i don't know that i'm i i guess the i guess the comic book world's really hurting for writers right about now they just need to call paul dini and make make like 10 of them not only to put on his own books, but put on other people's books as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Clone Paul Dini and make ten of them, so all ten of them can... <laughs> well, then you'll need to clone ten Tony Bedards to fill in for those ten Paul Dinis. <laughs> I don't dislike Tony Daniel writing, but out of, like, the Bat books in the last year, I thought his Batman run with, like, the Black Mask arc was kind of fell flat as compared to other stuff that's going on Batman Robin and Red Robin. So, I'm not thrilled, but... I've not been hating it, so it doesn't lead me to like have any particular negative feelings. It's another bit of news that kind of like just kind of leaves me cold. All right, so moving along, July fifteenth, it was announced by the source that there will be a new team on Batman and Robin in November. Peter Tomasi will be taking over the writing duties, and Patrick Gleason will be the ongoing artist for the book as well. So kind of interested that Grant Morrison was leaving the books and with this announcement that they said was kind of one of those things where okay so what is Morrison doing and we'll get to that in a second but Peter Tomasi on the book I don't think Peter Tomasi will do a bad job whatsoever he's done a good job in the past on Batman Blackest Night I honestly think he did a real good job in incorporating a lot of things from the past into that book. Batman and the Outsiders, his run was very good, and he also did some Nightwing. I'm not going to give him a whole lot of praise on his Nightwing stuff, but uh, <laughs> he's done a good job, especially over the past year with uh, Green Lantern Corps, and I think it'll be interesting to see. Now, Patrick Lee, I'm not as familiar with his work, so we'll have to see that, but you know, Batman Robin, it's about time that Morrison kind of steps away from it, just because it seems as if because Morrison's running everything within the Batverse, that book is constantly delayed at periodic times because, oh, we can't release this book yet because it has to play into this other thing that's going on in this other book. And I'm really just getting tired of that in general. I can see how you say that. I'm rather downtrodden that Morrison's leaving Batman Robin because that was like the Batman book in many people's eyes for the past year, ever since the whole new status quo. Peter Tomasi, I liked Batman Blackest Night. I know people who didn't, but... uh. I mean, I thought I thought it was pretty solid. So, but also like like what you said, he was on Nightwing. It does depend on who's going to be Batman and Batman and Robin. If, if, if I missed something, have they confirmed that? It's, is it going to still be Dick, or do we not know? As of right now, we do not know. Right. I mean, I'm I'm up for a title with Bruce Wayne and, and Damian Wayne as Batman and Robin. But if it's Peter Tomasi, that's kind of like telegraphing once again what Dick Grayson is going to be doing. But. It's okay, I guess. Dick Grayson's going to be jumping out of planes again. Isn't that like what he was doing during every issue of the Tomasi run, jumping out of planes and stuff? If it's not going to be Dick, then what's the point of keeping this title around? The whole point of this title was like, you know, the continuation of Grant Morrison's epic story. Now it's just going to be another extra Batman title, along with the 300 other ones that we have. There's such a thing as too much. I think that they've... I think that they need to trim some of these titles... I think that a, a Batman and Robin title is ideal, actually. I mean, I, even if it's Bruce, that's, like, one of the things I'm really wanting to see when he gets back, his relationship with Damien as Robin. So, well, why I mean, can't if you do that in Detective and regular Batman? Well, you could, but then it wouldn't be about... It wouldn't be about Batman and Robin. It would be just about Batman. Yeah, and then, like, Robin would, like, play the second fiddle. I mean, because yeah, Batman and Robin, it, I took it, it as, like... Sort of like the, the relationship between Dick and Damien, which is already kind of laid ground... And Battle for Cow, kind of, sort of, maybe. Not just the Grant Morrison epic continued, but, like, Batman and Robin as the dynamic duo. So, if, I mean, I, I, I see a need for it to continue. It depends. Like, if it's just, if it's Dick and Damien, then it'll have to really, it really, really mean something. I agree with that. But I don't think, I mean, I think there are other titles you can cut before you go cut Batman and Robin if it's just going to be Dick and Damien. I get. I mean, I'm just remembering, you know, back when we had Batman Shadow of the Bat, the Batman, you know, the oh, yeah. Legend of the Dark Knight, Batman, I mean, when we had, like, you know, all these Batman titles, and some of them just aren't necessary, and it just gives you overload. Sometimes less is more. I mean, I, I wouldn't cancel Detective and regular Batman, because those are titles that have been around since the Golden Age. I sincerely believe that Batman and Robin will continue to follow 
Dick and Damien, and I'll explain why once we get to the Comic-Con news. But next up, we've got uh, from July 15th, Comic Book Resources posted up a conversation with Brian Q. Miller. He discusses at length what Stephanie and the Batgirl series is planning for their second year, and some of the highlights about various things we're going to talk about. So the first thing we're going to say is what he commented as far as Cassandra Kane's fans' feelings. He said, as many people are as are happy that Stephanie is Batgirl, there's going to be just as many people angry that Cassandra was not Batgirl. I'd say I was a little more nervous going in about losing Cassandra fans as opposed to not doing Stephanie fans justice. That said, there was definitely some pressure to it. I think naturally anybody stepping into a character that already had a lot of history and people that have already written a lot about, you definitely don't want to be untrue to that. But at the same time, what's handy about approaching Steph's taking over Batgirl as a clean slate, not being held back by the mistakes of the past and trying to forge a new future for herself helped in the narrative, because we didn't have to focus on Steph constantly on, oh god, I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and more on. I'm trying to be who I want to be now, and moving forward, and all of the other Gotham heroes who she has come across in the first year have been more than happy to remind her that she was a screw-up in the past, giving her something to prove to herself. And then he said on who we can expect to see this next year, he said year two is all about getting her facing her own rogues and some larger, broader DCU guest stars coming up into the book to open her world up a little more to where it's beyond just the bad folk. Supergirl is one instance of that. There'd be someone else around Valentine's Day from the broader DCU, and probably one more two-parter with another DCU character in the middle of next year sometime. On what to expect from the return of Bruce Wayne, he said, There's definitely probably a sense that should anything like that happen, Steph would be waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I would say hypothetically that when it comes to past, Steph's reaction to Bruce's return might not be what people expect. Donovan, I'm gonna let you take the Cassandra stuff. I was <laughs> I'm not somebody who like is gonna want to kill Brian Q. Miller just because he wrote Batgirl issue one, where I I really hate how Stephanie went out, or I'm sorry, uh, Cassandra went out. I really did. But I mean, I think he's a solid writer. I'm enjoying Batgirl. I am very curious how this is going to play out, and I'm very like cautious. I'm holding my breath to see if this makes sense, because I can just imagine like either they're not going to bring her back, like, or they're going to bring her back like for a second, and then like shove her off again, or she's going to come back as like I don't know, Deathstroke's like sidekick or something, and like go up against Superman and something something really stupid. I, I don't know. I, I just don't want them to like screw up Cassandra, but with Stephanie, yeah. It, it, it sounds interesting. I like his plans for the future, and he's talked about his year-by-year -year plan for the book uh, here at Comic-Con, and he went into some detail on the Batgirl, the Oracle podcast. He did an interview there, and he was really dropping some hints about this Valentine's Day story and how supposedly we're all going to be really, really shocked about who we pair Stephanie off with, with in that. So I'm really curious about that one. Well, then I would assume it's not going to be Tim. No. Oh. Yeah. No, it's, it's supposedly it's, it's like going to be like really, really controversial. Maybe it'll be Connor Kent. Maybe it'll be Cassandra. <laughs> oh my, that would be con. They're going to bring her back and make her a lesbian. Oh boy, I'll believe uh. when I see it. All right. So next thing we've got July fifteenth. The source posted up announcement about the return of Ragman. Now you may ask yourself, who is Ragman, and why would we be covering? news about him. Well, the simple answer is, uh, if you read the last major story arc of Robin and in Battle for the Cowl, you would know that uh, Ragman is Rory Reagan, a hero that resides and operates within the Jewish community within Gotham City. So, technically, he falls under the broad umbrella of the Batman universe. Uh, so, Ragman will appear in a one-shot called Ragman Suit of Sorrows, which will also come out in October. So add one more book back to the list. Wonderful. Know your limits, Master Wayne. Batman has no limits. Alright, so the next thing we've got is we're going to start covering all of the DC, the San Diego Comic-Con news. So the very first thing we've got is on July 22nd, there was a couple things that happened that we covered. The first thing was the DC Nation panel day one. 
Now, as far as what was covered at this related to the Batman universe, a couple things. The first thing was they said Grant Morrison will continue to write a Bat book, but they did not announce what it would be. They said that the first issue of Dark Knight Boy Wonder will hit stores in February 2011. And Batman Beyond sales were much higher than expected, so they are planning for future issues slash series. Hmm. More comic books. <laughs> I, I wonder what the actual sales were. But we'll know shortly, because I believe this June sale numbers come up in, I think, the next couple weeks. Alright, so moving into the other panel that happened on July 22nd, Batman The Widening Gear. Now I'll let Josh talk about this because he was actually covering this panel. Oh boy, they handed out free copies of uh, issue 6 about a week before it was set to come out. And Kevin Smith showed up and he reminded everyone, please read it before the panel starts. And he kept on saying into the microphone, did you read it yet? Did you read it yet? So he started talking about the book. Uh, he talked about Silver Saint Cloud a lot, but he called her Vicky Vale about six times, to which I said to him, hey, uh, it's Silver Saint Cloud. And he says, oh. He looks around. How come no one corrected me? He says, sorry, guys. I, I'm kind of high right now. I thought he was joking, but I read another interview on a website where he says that he wrote the whole widening gear while he was high. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, anyway, as we get to in the issue, he announced that there will be a Volume 2 for Winding Gear. It's going to begin in January 2011, because he needs time to actually do he more talks. with the book. Yeah, he needs time to actually write, and I guess get more pots. I wish I was joking. <laughs> the Joker's going to have a larger role, and he finally found an excuse for Walter Flanagan to draw Trigon, because Kevin Smith said that a lot of the flashbacks are just excuses for him to let Walter Flanagan draw his favorite characters. And he's been waiting for a chance to, for Walter Flanagan to draw Trigon. I uh, made a lot of jokes about Alfred having sex, and it was pretty much it. <laughs> Kevin Smith. <laughs> uh, I can't stand Kevin Smith on Batman. <laughs> and no, none of this sounds good. I mean, tri what does what Trigon to do with Batman if it took, like, the freaking Teen Titans to take him down? Well, this is just the only way that Walter Flanagan will ever actually be able to be paid to draw characters. So... If he Even wants though he shouldn't draw. be. Exactly. I mean, I mean, the reality of it is, if he wants to dry, draw Trigon, I guess if Kevin Smith is okay with it and figures out some way to throw him in the story, why not? Gives uh, Walter Flanagan one opportunity to get paid to draw a character that he wants to draw. Because he's never going to get the opportunity besides a Kevin Smith book, that's for sure. Kevin Smith did say that uh, DC basically lets him do whatever he wants. They had to hold him back a little bit, like, Catwoman was supposed to be giving him the finger in the book, but instead she didn't, but otherwise, like, he can make Batman doing all these obscene things, and, like, the whole marijuana thing in issue one, and they'll let him get away with it because he's Kevin Smith, and he was pretty much flaunting that. He said that he had no idea that Bruce Wayne was dead when all this was going on. Someone told him on Twitter. So, also on July 22nd, there was a panel for DC spotlighting Jeff Johns. Uh, a couple different things came out of that panel. The first one being, in Batman Earth 1, Batman will be very bad at his job in contrast to being so perfect in normal DC continuity. Alfred will most likely become one of the baddest characters in Earth 1, and I mean baddest in a good way, not a bad way. Okay. Alfred may or may not have one leg. <laughs> okay. And... Just to throw this out there for Cassandra Kane fans, on talk of future media projects, John's mentioned that there are some plans for Cassandra Kane outside of comics. Huh? That, that piques my interest. Yes, so that could be interesting as well. I'm so tired of this stock answer. Whenever, like, there's a new Batman movie or TV show or something where they're bringing him back to basics and people say, so what's the difference in this one? The answer is always, well, you know how right now in the comics and movies, Batman's good at everything. Well, get this. This version of Batman, he's not. He's still learning. He's still making mistakes. And it, it's brought up every time there's, like, a new take on Batman. It really annoys me to hear that answer over and over again, as if it's this new legendary, like, revolutionary thing to have Batman screw up. Seriously, I mean, I like, get that we don't want him to be perfect, but stop pretending that you're, like, the first person to come up with, whoa, 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 get this, guys, get this. Batman makes mistakes! <laughs> Those of you who don't know, I would assume that Josh is not a Jeff Johns fan. Actually, I'm kind of indifferent to him. Like, I'm not, like, one of those Jeff Johns fanboys who 
I recently saw in comic book resources somebody brought up a continuity or in a Jeff Johns story, and everybody jumped on that person and said, "No, that's not a continuity or Jeff Johns made the story better." And I was like, "Oh my god, his fans are very vocal." <laughs> this is not, nothing new of Jeff Johns per se. It's just I hate it when people say. I mean, I heard it when they were doing that Batman series, the one with the Bat Wave or whatever on Kids WB a few years ago. They said that then. They said it during the Dark Knight and Batman Begins. They say it during all these like miniseries like Batman Dark Moon Rising. I, I see this in an interview a few times a year. And every time in the interview, the, the writer acts like they're the first person to come up with this idea. And half the time, people's excuses for liking Batman is, well, he's human, so he can make mistakes. You're bouncing off an idea that's well in people's heads. You're not really come up with anything new. It's either you don't have something to promote, or that's really what you're promoting, and you've not been around long enough. Moving into the next bit of things, so we did get an interview with Chip Kid on July 22nd, and we were able to talk to him about his Secret Bat project, which was announced last October, and we're going to play the audio of what he said in relationship to his upcoming Batman project. Will there be any more books in the vein of Batmanga, Batman Animated, that you'll be working on in the future? Uh, n well, nothing official yet. I, you know, I, there's definitely enough material for a second Batmanga book, and um, given enough time, I think that will happen. Um, and that would be as big as the other one and then then you'd have it all that would be like everything that they did and I am writing a long-form Batman graphic novel for DC Comics which for me is a first um, and there's the, the script is all done and it's being drawn now but um, it hasn't really been officially uh, solicited. solicited thank you um, and we're not going to do that until it, it's going to. It's two issues of 46 pages. So um, once we have the entire first issue, then I think they'll make it. They'll make an announcement. But that that's up to DC Comics. It's not up to me. But that's been a very thrilling thing to do. Can you tell us anything uh, about the graphic novel, uh, plot, or what's going to be going on? Well, um, I'm not really supposed to, and I can understand that. Um, but it's, you know, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm a purist, so I, I'm not, it, it was an interesting problem for me to solve as, as much as I know, like, like what's the Batman story? that I want, always wanted to see and haven't seen yet. So that was really the, the problem for me to solve. Um, so I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, you know, I'm trying to reinvent it or anything like that. I'm not, I'm, I'm trying to almost do the opposite, like really be as absolutely true to the original spirit of Batman as I think I can. Alright, so I mean, needless to say, it is going to be interesting. I wish he gave us a little bit more information, but then again, that's more information that we've heard in the entire time since last October. Alright, so July 23rd, the first panel that we covered that day for comic book news was the DC Nation panel, and there was a couple different things that were announced. Uh, the first thing was that Batman Earth 1 is slated for late 2011. Wait, what's that? slated for late 2011 I thought it was supposed to come out late 2010 hmm I guess Jeff Johns is busier than most people think Batman the return will feature Bruce working with Damien uh, Jeff Johns stated that Cassandra Cain might be appearing outside of comics which we already heard at the other panel and Batman Beyond outside of comics has been talked about by Jeff Johns Wow, surprise, surprise. You know, the problem with these DC Nation panels when Jeff Johns is there is they're turning into these movie and TV and video game things more so than the comics. There was a point in time where you went to a DC Nation panel and you actually learned new information. They didn't announce everything the week beforehand on their blog, and then the entire time at Comic-Con or any other comic convention it doesn't make a difference you'd actually learn new information worthwhile for you to go to the panel because you would hear new information not 
you, you go there, they say, okay, so let's talk about questions. Who's got questions? And it's just a giant question answer session. And then you may or may not get some news out of it. I mean, some of these panels, there was nothing because by the end of the, you know, some of these panels, what, what news were they really going to tell you that they, they hadn't tell you, haven't told you already? Most of the questions are somebody saying, uh, Jeff Johns, I'm also a writer, artist, and producer just like you. The only difference between us is, you know, like little things. I'm not kidding, that's how a question was prefaced. How, how do you handle this thing differently than I do? And he's like, you know, people care about what I have to say. And then everyone's like, no! He just sat back down. <laughs> Alright, so the next panel we covered uh, was on also July 23rd was the Grant Morrison panel. A couple different things that were mentioned besides the fact that Morrison is a huge superstar and tons of people want to hear what he says. There was some actual news that was mentioned. Morrison stated that Batman will either appear in Kathy Kane's original Batwoman suit or next to her. What? It was unclear what exactly he meant. <laughs> I shudder to think. Oh, God. Trust me when I say it was unclear, because the way that he said it was really, he was like, really, really something, and I stood up when it was my turn to talk, and I asked him to clarify what he meant. I said, is he going to be in the costume, wearing the costume? And he was in the costume. He was, and then the people next to me were like, no, 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 you misheard him. He, he's not in the costume, he's next to me. I was like, wait, so he's in the costume, right? And then, like, he said something, like, kind of clarifying it, but... It was really like half the people in the audience weren't sure. He was asked to clarify this twice. <laughs> Alright, so then the other things. Dio mentioned that they are looking for more avenues to feature Batman Beyond. Not sure what that has to do with uh, Grant Morrison, except for Grant Morrison's small little five-page take on Batman Beyond and Batman 700. Alright, so now we move into the probably biggest panel that happened at Comic-Con as far as Batman comics, and that was Batman the Return panel. And this was also held on Friday, July 23rd. The panel consisted of a bunch of different people. Mike Marge, senior Batman editor. Scott Snyder, future detective comics writer. Gail Simone, current Birds of Prey writer. Paul Cornell, future Knight and Squire writer. Brian Q. Miller, current Batgirl writer. Fraser Irving, current Batman and Robin artist. Dustin Wang, current Batman Streets of Gotham artist. Judd Winnick, current Red Hood, The Lost Days writer. Uh, Paul Dini, current Gotham City Sirens and Batman Streets of Gotham writer when he's actually on the book. David Finch, future <laughs> Batman The Dark Knight writer and artist. Grant Morrison, current Batman, Batman The Return of Bruce Wayne and Batman and Robin writer. So there was a couple different things that were newsworthy mentioned. So the first thing that was mentioned was Grant Morrison will be working on a book called Batman The Return, followed by a new series called Batman Inc. Yannick Paquette will be handling the art duties on the book, and Catwoman will be featured in the first issue, and the book is set for monthly releases starting in November. Now, Batman The Return comes out prior to Batman Inc. Now, in regards to Batman Inc., I want to talk about this more. We might save this for a different podcast because there's a lot of speculation of what this Batman Inc. is. And I'm pretty sure I've got it figured out without anybody speculations that are flying around out there. So maybe we'll talk about that or maybe I'll make a blog post about it one way or the other. We, I need to get this out and talk about it. But what we were talking about earlier with Batman and Robin being Dick and Damien, I said I think it'll still be Dick and Damien. When they described Batman Inc., they said that Bruce Wayne will be traveling the world branding the Batman name. Okay. So that doesn't mean, and that's pretty much all they said. They, they said they wouldn't give any more information because they really didn't want to ruin what could possibly happen in the pages of Return of Bruce Wayne and Batman Robin. So based on that, if Bruce Wayne's traveling the world, maybe Batman Robin, Dick Grayson, and Damien are still back in Gotham, you know, taking care of business. That's my theory. But that's only part of the whole Batman Inc. thing. That's just my theory with Batman Robin. David Finch is redesigning Batman's bat suit, which will appear in Batman The Return for the first time. Paul Cornell stated that he is creating about 100 villains for the upcoming Night and Squire miniseries. <laughs> Morrison mentioned that he might work on a follow-up special to Batman 666, which features Damien as Batman in the future. 
Brian Kumiller stated that Batgirl will get a car and a dog, as well as addition to her rogues gallery in year two of her series. Paul Dini stated that his next story will feature an in-depth look at the history between the Wayne and Elliot families, and it will go through at least December in Batman Streets of Gotham. Cassandra Cain will be appearing as soon as November in the Batman universe. Stephanie's child, who was given up for adoption, could be used in a future storyline. In Batman Robin number 12, Morrison confirmed that the opening sequence of the book was a dream sequence from the perspective of Dr. Hurt. Kate Spencer will appear in Bat-Books Into the Future despite having her co-feature canceled. Wildcat will appear in the first issue of Night and Squire. And Paul Dini was praised by a fan for Batman Arkham Asylum, to which he replied, wait until the sequel hits next year. Alright, so, one thing that I noticed is, you know, I, I think I told both Josh and Apple this. The thing is, when you go to a panel that has Grant Morrison on it, somehow Grant Morrison is the only person that anybody wants to ask any questions of. We went to the Batman panel, and despite the fact that there was a large amount of people from, you know, that are creators that are working on the Bat books... Almost probably about 80% of the questions that were posed were for Grant Morrison. And some of the stuff was the same exact things that were asked during the spotlight panel for him. But, uh, you know, I really am starting to understand why he doesn't go to every single panel like some of these other people. And it's really because nobody else seems to matter when he's around. Well, the same. If I were there, I would definitely like, like yeah, probably yeah. board out to Faldini. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, people like Dini and Simone there, who, at this point, Dini and Simone, I think, are pretty big names in their own right. Well, yeah, really. heck, Judd Winnick, he's he's controversial. I think he's kind of fallen from grace a little bit, but that's a pretty yeah. big name. Just you, you had most of the current Batman team there saying something. I, I, I will say, though, when I did ask about Cassandra Kane, I was the one who asked where she was. I think it was Martz who finally answered the question after everyone else gave me a blank stare for about four or five seconds. Uh, yeah, Josh told like, me that you, you were there, Dustin. It, was like, it, it got really, really quiet. It took Mike Martz a while to finally say, uh, look for her in November. And that gave me the impression that none of the writers there had a plan. Either that or, like, they look for her in November and, like, the only, see, only thing you see is a tombstone that says Cassandra Kane. I don't know. In that regard, no writers will, would know about anything having to do with that. Alright, so the next thing we've got is the DC Universe panel that was held on Saturday, July 24th. The panel was called DC Universe Event Horizon, and there was only a few mentions of the Batman Universe. Damien will be poking his nose around the Teen Titans, which we already knew. Dick Grayson will continue to be in the Justice League unless he is killed. Hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> Simone has started to reconsider her earlier comments about Barbara's inability to walk. A Huntress and Catman will be featured in an upcoming story arc in Birds of Prey. Batman will be facing against Owlman in an upcoming issue of Justice League. I like the story about, or like the comment about Dick Grayson will continue being the Justice League unless he's killed. Now, James Robinson made that statement, and basically, someone asked him, "Is Dick Grayson going to continue to be Batman in the Justice League?" And his reply was, "Yes, unless he gets killed." So that's what where that comment comes from. But uh, I mean, that was kind of interesting. That's very depressing, considering. Whatever. The fact I think that they're. I think that they're just trying to tease us, like, oh, he might die again. He almost did an infinite crisis. This time it might happen for real. I doubt he's going to die. I'm sure he won't die either. I'm sure it's really just one of those things where, you know, he's making, like, one of those sarcastic remarks, and it can be taken to an extreme. Yeah, but Didio, like, did some killing jokes, no pun intended, throughout the convention at, like, a few different panels, so... I think that they think that if they say it enough, fans might think it'll be true, and then get worried, and then buy more books. So, <laughs> joke that Dick Grayson's gonna die, step one, step two, question mark, step three, profits. Oh, no, step, step one, hint that Dick's gonna die, step two, poke Cassandra Cain fans with a stick, step three, profits. <laughs> 
Alright, so the next thing we've got is the Eisner Awards were handed out on Friday night at the convention. And there was a couple of different winners that were from the Batman universe. Um, J.H. Williams III won not only Best Penciler slash Inker or Penciler Inker Team for Detective Comics, but also won Best Cover Artist. And Dave Stewart won for Best Coloring for Detective Comics as well. So congratulations to them. Oh, nice. It's right. a good thing that DC didn't let the drop all drop on this book. <laughs> Alright, so then on July 25th, the DC Kids panel was held, and nothing as far as a new Batman series, despite the fact that Batman the Brave and the Bold is being cancelled, but there will be an issue of Tiny Titans that will feature an all-Robin issue, which will have Tim, Dick, Jason... That was kind of an interesting tidbit. Tiny Titans is just one of those books where if you've got small kids, it's a perfect book to get them involved with comics. Alright, so that is all of the news from San Diego and from all of the time from the last comic cast. Now, because this is pretty much close to an hour, we're going to break this cast up into two parts. The first part will be the news, and the second part will be all of our reviews and bat books for beginners. So... Tune in in about a week, and you can find out what our reviews are. It's over. For now. gets edited out so we, don't, so we don't look like idiots were you not I there for that remember that I this girl that. like had this doll and she's like he's not eating he's not sleeping he's not talking i think he needs his daddy and then she gave it to didio and walked off <laughs> what, the what, what did didio do it was probably a bomb okay We'll make sure to edit that out, too. Can you guys hear that blender really loudly? No, I mean, I can hear it, but it's not super loud. Say what? Something. I'll, I'll take anything. Even Adam Beechin. Almost, maybe. What? <laughs> <laughs>